Yeah, thank you, Pastor Russ, for ending with that picture. It was a great week, and I want to thank everyone involved with VBS. No matter what you did, we're so thankful, and it couldn't have happened without y'all. Um, it was fun, and I can't wait for next year already. So thank you for that. And I, just a couple of reminders. Please sign up for our big family fellowship, um, churchwide fellowship in Kayser on July 24th. There's tubing, so much to do. Look in your bulletin for all the info. Please sign up out here so we can get a head count on the food and the tubing and transportation. Um, tonight is family night at home, so please enjoy your family and the fourth this celebration, and the office will be closed this week. Um, one reason, our youth troop is going on a, a summer camp trip, so pray for our youth as we leave to go to Look Up Lodge this week and Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, happy 4th of July. I love this time of year. I think this is the first time in a decade I haven't had a July 4th celebration at my house due to scheduling. But I love July 4th, and I want to read a quote from Dr. Benjamin Rush. He's one of the um, signers of the Declaration of Independence. The gospel of Jesus Christ prescribes the wisest rules for just conduct in every situation of life. Happy they who are enabled to obey them in all situations. My only hope of salvation is in the infinite, transcendent love of God manifested to the world by the death of his son upon the cross. Nothing but his blood will wash away my sins, Acts 22:16. I rely exclusively upon it. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly, Revelation 22:20. Would our veterans please stand for a moment, all of those who have served or are serving? We are so thankful for the brave men who fought for our freedom from 246 years ago all the way to everyone who has served since then to enable our freedom. So let's give them a round of applause. And let's all join them as we stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance, please. salute flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let us pray. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this day of worship, this day that we remember all that 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 people have done for this country as they founded it and all through these hundreds of years since. We pray for each person as they remember the words of Dr. Rush and of many of the founding fathers, the words of your scripture and the pastor and Pastor Russ, Lord, that we are to live for you, rooted firmly in your name, because we are only here because of you, our creator. You sacrificed your son his blood is what redeems us, Lord. And let us each remember that as we go out and celebrate with our families, let, let you be the topic. Let you be the inspiration of conversation. Let our actions and our words and the behavior that we do make you smile this week as we go throughout our week. And be with us as we worship you, your heavenly, wonderful, glorious name, we pray. Amen. say.
Our God has a design, a way things should be done. As humanity, you know, you and me, we have chosen sin and have departed God's design. But God in His goodness and grace has made a way for us to be made right, to be made whole. He has sent us good news, the gospel. We then begin this incredible pursuit of Jesus where he takes us as broken sinners and turns us into bold men and women willing to live our life on a mission. So let's begin this journey together now of what it looks like to take everyday conversations and turn them into gospel conversations. Amen, what a great weekend to be able to do that with uh, family gatherings and outings and going places and interacting with people, <clears throat> conversations about uh, the, the world events and things that are going on now can so easily be trans, uh, moved into a gospel conversation very easily. You know, we spent the last uh, four or five weeks, I guess, uh, learning how we can better share our story and how we can make our story known, how to be a light in the darkness. We gave out Last week, some, some salvation coins like this to, uh, to share with people. I had one, uh, one girl said, this is all we get? This isn't going to be enough. <laughs> have we given those coins away yet? In the last seven days, have we had an opportunity to give those coins away? In your seat this morning, there were some, some new invite cards. Uh, take one of those and give them away this week. At a family gathering, offer it to somebody and just say, hey, come and see what Jesus, come and hear about Jesus. Uh, let Jesus change your life, you know, because he can do that. He will do that if we have our hearts open and receptive to that. We, we were introduced last week to this concept of the three circles, which is a, a relational and, and a conversational tool which we can bring the gospel to those who are, who are living in darkness, who are living in in brokenness and, and apart from God. We talked about the first circle last week, about God's design, how He created everything. God created it all. And in the beginning, everything He created was perfect. Everything He created worked in harmony together. There was no sin. There was no death. There was no illness. There was no cancer. There was no sickness. Everything was perfect. Exactly the way he designed it. We learned in Bible school this week 
we were reminded that uh, the, the, the fact that, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We think about that message for the children, and, and it's easy to talk about the children because they're little and had just been made, right? But pretty much only adults are in here right now. And let me remind you today that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God loves you. God loves you. And He doesn't want you to live apart from Him. He doesn't want to live in a broken world or in a broken state of life. He wants you to live out your life the way He designed it for you. And so be reminded today, folks, that God loves you. He created all of us uniquely. He created, you know, our personalities, the way we look, good or not so good. Our, our hair color or the lack of hair, the teeth or the lack of teeth, whatever it might be, our, our height, our weight. Okay, He created us uniquely. And to be reminded that there is no one in all of creation that is like you. There's never been another you out there. So God took the time to make you specifically like you because that's the way He wanted you. And He has you here for a purpose. If we'll take advantage and, and follow His purpose in our life, He wants us to live out the life that He's designed for us. He knows everything about us. We can hide stuff from people. We can hide stuff from, from church members and our family, but you know what? We cannot hide anything from God. God knows everything going on in our life, everything going on in our heart. And I, I hate this part, but God knows everything in our mind. God knows everything that we think. That's not good all the time, is it? It's certainly not. Because we all have those thoughts that aren't pleasant, are they? They're, all our thoughts aren't nice. We don't have holy thoughts all the time. Do we? But He created us to be with Him. He created us to, to be in a relationship with Him, to know Him intimately, closely, and, and then to, to make Him known. He wanted us to spend eternity with Him if we would choose Him. And that choice is solely up to us, whether we want to surrender our life to Him and live in this life and live in eternity with Him, or live in our own ways, separate from God and separated from God for all of eternity. Yes, we all sin, don't we? We talked about that one night in, in, in a couple of nights in, in Bible school. We all take little things that aren't ours. We tell the, the, the little white lies that we say are okay, but a lie is a lie in the eyes of God, right? We worship things that aren't God. We worship our career, our, our bank account, our family, our hobbies. And oftentimes we put those things above the importance we place on God. And it's that sin that separates us from God. And it's because of that sin that we, that, that we experience brokenness in our life. 
Remember last week, we saw where God left us with the, the mission to make disciples, to go into all the nations and, and make disciples. We are to tell them the, the good news, and, and God made us a way to, to live out the way we're designed, and that's through Christ Jesus. On your, on your bulletin this week, as I did last week, on the back of it, on the back of it, there at the bottom of there, there's three lines that you can write the names of three people that you know that are, that are far from God, that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Three people that you may consider are going to be eternally separated from God. I want you to write their name on here. I want you to pray for those people. Pray for an opportunity to have a gospel conversation with them. And maybe you find out they already know Jesus. Well, praise God. But maybe they don't. And how are they going to hear if nobody tells them? We know that there's nothing we can do to save a soul from the pits of hell. Only God can do that. Only God can draw people to His Son, Jesus Christ. But we pray that God will use us in that process. That God will use us in our, in our actions, in our love towards them, and in, in speaking the gospel to them, and giving them words of encouragement, inviting them to, to hear the gospel. You know, we're reminded as we celebrate the 4th of July this week, tomorrow, the independence that we have, the freedoms that we have. One of those freedoms that we have that other countries don't have is that we, are the, we have a guaranteed freedom to come into this house of worship and worship Almighty God, that we can go out on the streets and freely share the gospel with other people. There are countries around the world where people do that in hiding. They do that in secret for fear of death, for fear of imprisonment. And we take it so much for granted. And we keep silent. And in our silence, people are, are dying and going to hell. So we're taking advantage. We're, we're celebrating the freedoms of, that we have, but are we putting those freedoms into action? Or are we just letting them sit on the shelf? This week we're going to look at a place that we all know too well. It's a place we're going to call brokenness. We live in a, in a broken world, don't we? We don't, we don't have to look far to realize it. Open the paper, turn on the news, and we've all experienced it. We've all been in that broken place before. In the United States, listen, there's 25% of all the children live in a single-parent home or even without an adult at all. Kids being raised by kids. A half a million children a year are, are, are placed in the custody of foster care. Forty percent of marriages end in divorce. Sixty percent of second marriages end in divorce. And seventy-three percent of third marriages end in divorce. An estimated 20 million people are ensnared to some kind of addiction. 
police report over 3,000 violent crimes a day. And society is systematically trying to, to take God out of every public venue possible. Because Satan knows that when we take God out, they're going to follow Him. So what are we doing as a body of believers, as the church, as a, as a whole, to make God known so that we can continue to, to, to grow the kingdom of, of God? It's been said that we live in, in, a, in a Humpty Dumpty nation. We've fallen, we're broken, and we can't figure out how to put all the pieces back, back together again. But it's not from a lack of trying, for sure. There, 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 there are all kind of people trying to do crazy things to put it back together. We recognize that the world is broken, that things are wrong in the world. We experience that, that brokenness in our life. We experience the financial chaos, divorce, death, cancer, illness, broken relationships, addiction, and we could go on and on. We all have a sense of brokenness, and we try our best to fix it. We try in our own power, our own will, and our own strength to fix it. We look at the public schools, many of them, you know, they, they try to teach values, and every month they do a character awareness month. We try to give health care to, to everybody. We look at the prisons, and, and we see the, the repetition of people coming in and going back out and coming back in. It's like a revolving door. Been modification programs tried, and nothing seems to help. Again, there are numerous people trying all kinds of antics to, to, to make it right again, trying to put our nation back together again. But folks, let me tell you right now, it will never happen without God. It will never happen without the Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of the Holy Spirit in our, in our schools, in our homes, in our workplaces. Only until God is welcomed back into society will it change. Unfortunately, God's given us the solution for, for the broken world. And that is His Son, Jesus. But we have to make the world known. We have to make Him known to the world. We mentioned last week that we know that, that God has a, a design for each of our lives. He has a, a design for creation. In His three-circle concept here that first circle on the upper left represents God's design where everything is work, working perfectly together the garden of eden okay before adam and eve sin but the bible tells us that we choose to sin and we can't help but to sin and that was something that was passed down from us uh, to us from adam and eve and so we choose to depart from God's original concept and, and His perfect design. Again, His creation was perfect in every way. But Adam and Eve chose to sin because they thought they knew best. Why do we do things that are out of step with God? Why don't we follow God's word to the letter? 
because we think we know better. Because we want it our way and not God's way. But because Adam and Eve passed that on down to us, we'll never be in a right communion with God again. Adam and Eve, they thought they knew better than, than God. They were tempted by Satan, and they failed the test. In Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, talks about the fall of man and sin entering the world. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say? He put that doubt in her mind. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. One tree. Everything else was there. They had plenty of food, anything they needed, anything they wanted, all their desires were met. God just said, don't eat from this tree, from the tree of life. How many times when you have children, do you tell them, oh, you can't do that? You, you try to get them, oh, I, Noah, come here, do, do this, do that. They won't do it. Oh, I bet you can't do that, Noah. He proves you wrong, doesn't he? He goes about and tries to do it. You see, God told them not to eat of the tree. But they did anyway. Let's just see what will happen. Let's just real, see if it's really as bad as we think it is. So you must not eat the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Don't eat from it. Don't even touch it. <laughs> Boy, that's real tempting there. <laughs> We've all done that, haven't we? It's not going to hurt. I'm, I'll do it real quick. It won't hurt that bad. And we see that the pain from that one disobedient act is costing us heaven today. He goes on, he says, and you must not touch it or you will die. In verse 4 says, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat, for when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The biblical word for departing from, from God's original way or His original design is called, is called sin. 
Again, we all do it, don't we? In Isaiah 53, 6, he says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. We all choose our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And in Romans 3, 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All means all, all the time, right? We have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. And, and when we depart from God's design, it always leads to brokenness. It always leads to brokenness. We, we know when our communion with God is, is broken, it feels like there's a sense of shame or fear, guilt or, or, or loneliness. We try to hide from God. We don't like to admit to God that we've done wrong. In verses 8 through 10, he says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. The Lord called out to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. Brokenness disrupts the design of our life. It disrupts our, our spiritual life. We have an, an enemy, the serpent, Satan, and his goal is to keep us from God. His goal, his primary purpose is to keep us from, from knowing God more, from experiencing Him at a, at a deeper level. In verse 14 and 15, it says, so the, so the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust in the days of your life, all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and, your, and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So that brokenness disrupts our life. That brokenness disrupts our, our family life. We see it in childbearing. It disrupts our married life. We see that in verses, uh, verse 16. It says, he, he told the woman, I will multiply your pains in childbirth. You will give birth to your babies in pain. You want to please your husband, but he'll lord it over you. Brokenness disrupts our, our life, our family, our, our married life, our spiritual life. It disrupts our, our work life and our physical life. In verse 17 and 19, it says to, to Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles. For you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat the food until you return to the ground, since it was <coughs> since from where it you were taken. From dust you are, from dust you are, and to dust you will return. Because of that sin, our lives are, are made harder and more difficult in, in work. Because of the sin in life, we're going to die in this life. 
you think, Pastor, that, that's just not good. But it can be good because it's when we're in that brokenness that we, that we see God, that we understand that we, that we need God. It's in that moment that, that we allow God to get our attention. And God has made a way to get us out of that brokenness and that brokenness that solution is the gospel. Brokenness is easy for us to understand, isn't it? It feels like broken relationships and addiction, depression, discouragement, guilt and shame. We all, we all want out of that brokenness. We all want to fix it. And we all try to do it our own. You see the little squiggly lines. We try to get more money. We wind up in drugs or addictions of some sort relationships that aren't right and aren't good. And, and so we, we make attempts to fix that brokenness, but it never comes our way. Healing never comes. But thankfully, God has, has given us a solution. God has given us a way, and God has given us the message of hope. When we get in that point of brokenness, we know that, that something in our life has to change. When we realize the, the money and the drugs and the addictions and, and everything else, when we realize that's not going to work, we come to the point and say, God, I can't do it on my own. Something has to change. The biblical word for change is repent. And so brokenness is what gets us ready to change. We want to change and, and follow God. The change we really need is not the money, not the drugs, not the addiction, not trying to make things better in life, but it's a, a surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. For He can forgive our sins. He can give us peace that nobody else can. He can give us fulfillment that nothing else can. He can fill that emptiness in our life that nothing else can. You see, Jesus came to forgive sins and make it possible for us to have eternal life when we decide to change our ways and move into a life under His guidance. Moving to that area called to, uh, to, to recover and to pursue God. The funny thing is, God sends us right back out into the broken world. Once we come to that repentance and we accept Jesus and we begin living in His, in His will, He sends us right back out into the dark world, but not in brokenness this time, but in an attempt for us to show others how they too can follow Jesus, how they can leave that brokenness, how they can find healing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see those three circles there and, and, and there's, in those three circles, there are only two kinds of people. You're either in brokenness or you're in repentance. You're in recovery. Where do you find yourself this morning? Do you find yourself in broke, brokenness trying to all the things of the world and, and realizing it's not working, it's not helping? Or have you gone through the repentance? Maybe you have, but, but maybe you're not following God the way God wants you to. 
And so this morning, do you find yourself in brokenness? Or do you find yourself being the light in this dark world? Sharing the light of the gospel to those around us. And so there's only two kind of people, those living in brokenness and those living in the gospel. And so the question then becomes, do you want to remain in brokenness, brokenness or do you want healing? Do you want recovery? Do you want to change? Do you want to live under the gospel? And then the second question, if you're living in the gospel, are you being a light to the world? Are you surrendered to the Lordship of Christ in your life? That's the only two questions for you this morning. And so God, I ask you to make a decision to to remain where you are in brokenness or to remain with the candle in your hand or do you want to share that light with the people around you? See, only you can make that decision. Only you can follow Christ the way He wants you to. That challenge is for you this morning. During our hymn of invitation, the invitation is, is the cross has the final word. Indeed, it does. The Lord Jesus Christ came and lived the perfect life. He died the death that we should have died. And God raised him from the dead on the third day to prove that he was indeed the Son of God, that he is able to forgive sin and grant us entrance into the heavens. What will your response to the Lord be today? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for the blessings of the day. We thank you, God, for your Son, Jesus Christ, We thank you, Lord, that he was obedient to you, that he was obedient to his purpose in coming into this world, that he lived the perfect life, that he didn't fall to any temptation, but he was perfect in every way. He was even willing to be nailed to a cross to shed his blood for us so that we could have our sins forgiven so that we could spend eternity in heaven. God, today the choice is ours whether to remain in brokenness or whether we want to follow you more closely or we want to be a part of your work in growing the kingdom of God. Come, Lord Jesus. Hear our prayers and use us however you see fit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. The cross has the final word. The cross has the final word. So